And she says, oh, God, I can't believe I have to say this. Okay. <laughs> fiddly roll, fiddly dee, fiddly fiddly faddle. All the wishes in the world are poppycock and twaddle. Whew, made it. I feel revved up. I feel ready to go. <laughs> I feel alive. I feel the blood coursing through my veins. Oh my gosh. I hope everyone is having a good day. Yes. Welcome back. And also welcome if you're a new listener. I feel like we've had a lot of new listeners lately, which is very yeah. exciting. We're happy to have you. It's like one big sleepover. Yes, exactly. That's our brand. We're branding. We're asleep. <laughs> our brand is sleepover. It's Y2K sleepover. I just tried to think of like, what are Y2K snacks? And then my mind went completely empty. And I'm all I see is like, Dunkaroos is all I see. Oh, nasty. Nasty. <laughs> yes. Imagine showing up to a slumber party with the Dunkaroos on ice. <laughs> In an ice bucket. Yeah. <laughs> on the rocks. I have my Dunkaroos on the rocks. Uh. <laughs> that and like 3D Doritos. But aren't those like back? Is that a thing? I'm not sure. Honestly, what came to mind is the what? What is it called? It's like snake. The ones that you and Christina would always eat. Oh, twin snakes. Twin snakes. Anything Haribo. Honestly, yeah. seems like a throwback. Yeah. Ooh, movie theater butter popcorn. Delicious. Oh God, what? I just remembered. Um, do you remember like purple ketchup and green ketchup? Stop it. <laughs> halt. Halt. Okay. What's another nasty snack? Oh, I loved, I loved fruit by the foot. I was, okay, I was never allowed to have fruit roll-ups, fruit by mm -hmm. the foot, like gushers. We were not allowed to have that in my house. So That's I like wild. missed out. I wasn't allowed to have that. I wasn't allowed to drink Coke until I was like 17 and bravely ordered it in a restaurant. <laughs> my mom shot me a look and I was like, I'm not growing anymore. It's because that was she would always American say. Dream since I was 17. Because <laughs> she was like, it's going to kill your growth hurt, the caffeine. Like you can't. Christina, you're so, so tall. You're so tall. I'm Have you seven. seen me? That's like not that tall. I'm 5'2". It's true. No, I actually didn't drink a lot of soda either. I like never had the taste mm. for it, but my brother had like a soda addiction. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he was younger, like, I don't really know how it happened because my parents didn't allow junk food, really. Mm -hmm. um, like, if we got fruit roll-up, it would be occasional and stuff like that. Yeah. But for the most part, we were super healthy. And I think my grandma gave my brother, like, candy for the first time. And they would always, like, wow. offer him a Coke if he were over. And then he just, like, loved soda and he was always drinking. And my parents were like, you're not drinking enough water. Like, that's it. No more. Wow. Yeah, the only soda that I really drank growing up was Sprite. Like, my brother and I would always, if we were in, like, a restaurant and we could, like, order a soda, we would both get Sprite. I love that. I do love Dr. Pepper, but I think it's just oh, because it's so fun. we couldn't get it in Asia. Like, it was so rare if you could see it. So I'd be like, give me the fucking Dr. Pepper every time I saw it. I was, like, foaming at the mouth. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Pepper is really good. I was like a little pink lemonade princess. 
Ooh. I would get pink lemonade whenever I went to a restaurant. That sounds good. I just saw on TikTok today, somebody was like, this is the best cocktail recipe ever. And it was just like pink lemonade and Kettle One Botanicals. Brother. Blossom. I was like, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't call that a cocktail. But, I would call that the pregame. But that's just like me being a snob. So. Yeah, that's like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm thinking about going to Danstein. Um, that's one of the dining halls at NYU. Um, I sound like an asshole right now, but <laughs> I would go to the dining hall and get like a paper cup full of soda mm. and then oh, go back yeah. up to my dorm and then mix Mixers. a little vodka. Yeah, exactly. I would go down to um, the C store, mm-hmm. which was like one of the the like uh, faux bodega <laughs> yeah inside of the dorm that you could use like your dining dollars at and i would get like juice or soda or whatever and would use that to pregame in my dorm before i went out what like a like silly time. life we had when yeah, we were just teens <laughs> balling on a budget you know? <laughs> i know i remember the angst and like pain it would take for me to like reload my laundry card like oh another God. ten dollars i'm like <sighs> yeah the agony. That uh, being said, we have a really awesome oh, movie yes. to talk about today. Yes. I've been wanting to talk about this one for a while. It's actually yeah. my favorite. It's one of my favorite like classic movies that was remade, which yes. I think is hard to accomplish well. Yeah. I have been just like chomping at the bit to watch this movie ever since it was put on Disney Plus because – I had never seen it before, and now that I have seen it, I have a bone to pick with my parents for never Introducing owning you. the VHS, <laughs> never showing it to me as a child, because I would have liked this story Oh yeah, way more growing up if I had watched this version. Mm-hmm. The movie that we are covering today is 1997's Cinderella. Yes, we have an absolutely star-studded cast to talk about amazing we're talking brandy whitney Mm -hmm. houston oh my god paolo montalban i'm not pronouncing that name correctly how do you say his last name montalban montalban i think montalban apologies if we have mispronounced it yes bernadette peters whoopi Mm. goldberg victor garber jason alexander at the height of seinfeld okay yes Natalie Dussel, Vianne Cox. Gorgeous. Tens, tens, tens across the board. Casting director, whoever you are, fantastic job. I mean, I'm sure Whitney Houston had a huge part in it because she yes. executive produced it. Yeah, she actually had tried for many, many years to get this project off the ground. Mm-hmm. And like initially she was supposed to play Cinderella, but by the time they actually like got it on its feet and they had everything lined up, she was, I believe, 32 or 33. So she felt that she was too old to play Cinderella. Mm -hmm. So she was like, hey, Brandy, (sighs) do I have the role for you? Oh, my gosh. I was reading about the movie and how um, it actually came out only a few months after Moesha had just started. Yeah, yeah. So she hadn't really been on screen before. She had Mm -hmm. an album that sold millions of copies, but she hadn't had a lot of experience being on like film and TV. Definitely. She was super green, Mm -hmm. but she, I think, was the perfect choice. I was also reading that some of the uh, Disney execs were, like, nervous about having 
two black leads and they were like, how about we cast Jewel as Cinderella? No. Yeah. And this is a quote from Craig Zaydan. Zaydan? Zaydan? Zadan? Zadan. Yeah. <laughs> we're killing it on the pronunciation I today. I know. Um, but he said, we said absolutely not. The whole point of this thing was to have a black Cinderella. We didn't want to make it with a white Cinderella. We weren't mm-hmm. interested in a white Cinderella. We never approached anyone other than Brandy for the role, and Jewel was not approached. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. The casting um, choices, which I feel like have become a little more um, common now, although mm-hmm. still pretty rare, which pisses me off because yeah. I think a period piece is like a great excuse for people to be like, we're going to be racist when we cast this. Because you traditionally don't have any main characters unless they're like a slave character that are yeah. people of color. And mm-hmm. I think that's just a dumb way to cast. That just like totally. doesn't make any sense. So this reminds me of like Bridgerton to compare yeah. to a modern day um, where it doesn't address the casting choices. It's just like this is the story. These are the characters. So like come along for the ride. Yeah, I'm definitely a big fan of like the colorblind casting. And yeah, you probably notice it at first. You're like, oh, that's kind of weird that like a black woman and a white man have an Asian child. A Filipino baby. (laughs) (laughs) But like after that initial thing, this is the family and these are the people and they're doing their things. And they're doing them amazingly. Yes. And I just wish we saw more of this type of colorblind casting. I mean, it was obviously extremely revolutionary for the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got a chance to read an article by our Eric Thomas on Elle called The Whitney Brandy Cinderella was one of the most important movies of the 90s. We highly recommend checking that out. It kind of breaks down like the whole cultural significance of it. Mm -hmm. It was super interesting. Yeah, it gives you some deeds into the cultural comparisons of the story. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, they also talk about how this – movie with like Whitney Houston Brandy was the mm-hmm. start of a lifelong mentorship that yeah. Whitney Houston had with her and I was like that's really beautiful yeah like rest in peace Whitney Houston yeah I watched some like behind the scenes footage of Brandy and Whitney recording together and oh my gosh it just gave me chills she was such an incredible woman and one thing I kept thinking while we were watching this was mm-hmm. like I cannot believe that we got to be alive at the same time as Whitney Houston. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean, what I've loved to be more immersed in her music and mm. I mean, I could do that today. So it's not yeah. all over. Yeah, I wish I I think there are some like amazing stars who have since passed that mm. it's like incredible that we got to be alive around the same time that they were creating things and yeah, making history. Yeah, we were you know, one year old when this movie came out. (laughs) I remember watching this when I was younger, I think probably like on ABC Family, I want to say, and just being like, this is so beautiful. Like this movie is so beautiful. Brandy is gorgeous. The song, Impossible. Oh my God. (sighs) We'll talk about it later, but yeah, I would just even look it up. Um, I couldn't find it on Spotify, but it's definitely on YouTube. Beautiful. If you're feeling down during your day, feel like the haters are getting at you, just listen to that mm, song. Absolutely. Like I said, you know, towards the beginning of this episode, I, like, have never been a Cinderella person. Like, I never connected with her growing up. She was never a favorite of mine. But, like, this Cinderella, I felt so oh, yeah. connected to. I felt like, oh, God, what's the name of the song? My Own Little Corner. 
yeah, in, in my own little corner, I was like, yes, I have definitely felt that way. I'm same saming you. Like I'm feeling the connection <laughs> between us. Whereas like definitely the 1950 Cinderella, I was just kind of like, whatever, I don't really care. But mm-hmm. and they also definitely tried to modernize it in certain ways, mm-hmm. make the character of Cinderella more feminist, just in that she's like, no, you're not just in love with me because I'm beautiful or because I've turned mm-hmm. into a princess for the night. It's yeah. because you really love who I am. And just, like, bring us into the conversation, like, respect and valuing someone. Yes. So I really appreciate that as well. I think their chemistry in this movie is off the oh charts. My God. Oh, it's, it's so good. It's delicious. It's a sweet treat. It's delicious. <laughs> sweet treat in my mouth. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Should we just – should we dive in? Yeah. Really quick, we should note the director was Robert Iscove. Um, the mm. choreographer was Rob Marshall – directed annie and chicago and a lot more i loved annie like the the disney's annie with victor garber Mm -hmm. side note one of my first crushes ever was (laughs) victor garber daddy warbucks breeze on past that um and the costume designer ellen mirochnik mirochnik amazing costumes we'll get into that let's just jump in you're right yeah So we start off, the first thing we see, presented by the world of Disney and Whitney Houston. An old (laughs) ass fucking gigantic conglomerate and an even bigger star. Yes, yes. (laughs) We see a shimmering Whitney Houston, aka the fairy godmother, appear on screen. She starts singing to us, a slipper made of glass is just a shoe and dreamers never make the dream come true. And we see all the names fly across the screen, starring Brandy, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And we're off. Yes. We open up on an old-timey town. Think very much a Beauty and the Beast, like the first scene with Belle. It's just bustling. You know, people are in the town square running their daily errands in their little petticoats. And <laughs> <laughs> Cinderella's stepmother, played by Bernadette Peters. Ugh. casually (laughs) serving me miss hannigan um (laughs) she strolls by with her shopping bags in tow and her two well they're not her stepdaughters her two daughters are behind her following and behind them brandy follows holding one of their gigantic boxes as she carries the boxes behind um you know people are bustling about yeah we see some kids like in the town square they're watching this like puppet Mm-hmm. show cinderella is absolutely awestruck she's mesmerized meanwhile her sister minerva is trying on this like crazy hat with feathers on it her sister calliope like snatches it away and she's like no i look better in it and they like fight over the hat mm-hmm. their mother is like i can't choose between the two of you like you're both so beautiful i'm like that hat looks like ass on anyone Yeah, fucking atrocious. So Calliope turns to Cinderella and asks for her opinion. And Cinderella's like, oh, I don't know much about hats, but I don't think it flatters either of you. And I'm like, she's She's honest. honest. She's doing you a favor. Yeah. So they're like, you don't know anything about hats. And they just keep fighting (laughs) over it and run inside the shop. 
as they go in, um, Brandy actually stays behind and looks at the puppet show more. She begins to sing. I cannot oh sing this God. line, but she just sings about the sweetest sounds I'll ever hear. And she looks around. She sees love. She sees a parent picking up a child. She sees like a couple walking by arm in arm. And she sings about how her love is waiting for her somewhere. Oh. For her character, this is like a big, you know, when will my life begin? When will I find yeah. what I'm looking for? Totally. But then she's interrupted by her jerk family. And we see a man. <gasps> oh, my God. Prince Christopher. But we don't know that yet. Alexa, play I'm Just a Girl in Love from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts singing the same song Brandy, Cinderella, I mean. <laughs> he starts singing the same song Cinderella was singing about love and finding his love. Then Cinderella crosses his path. They still don't notice each other, but they're kind of yeah. weaving in and out through the square, unknowingly duetting. When Cinderella tries to like cross this street, I believe. And this yeah. carriage just comes out of the blue. She drops her packages and almost gets run over by a horse and carriage. Yeah. So the man runs over to help her and he's like, <sighs> just like those royals, huh? Not caring if they're in anybody's way. And she's like, well, maybe they're going somewhere very important. He's like, I doubt it. But him and Cinderella lock eyes. It's oh my love gosh. at first sight. I'm also having love at first sight because he is so beautiful. He is so hot. This man it's is insane. so gorgeous. <laughs> his face is like so chiseled, but he looks I like know. a dreamy. His eyes are soft. Yeah. His voice is like mm -hmm. so smooth and his tone Just is delightful. Butter. Butter on my toast. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> she thanks him for his help with like all of her packages and she starts to walk away. And I'm like, where are you going? He then follows after her and asks her name, and she explains that it's Cinderella because she likes to sit by the fire where the cinders fly, and then her face gets smudged. And he's like, ah, Cinderella. Daring little, like, you're just like, oh, I like to, like, do this cute little thing and, yeah. like, get some ashes on my face. I'm like, <laughs> girl, like, you're making that look good right now. Yeah, if I said that, I would – not get the same oh my response. <laughs> Me saying that in high school is like my wild hair covers my face. Like I like to sit in front of the fire. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, he's very into it. He says mm -hmm. he likes it and asks what a man would have to do to find himself in her good graces. And she's like continuing to walk away. And I'm like, girl, where are you going? You have nothing but time right now. This is the love that you were just singing about that you've been looking mm -hmm. for. So she's like, oh, well, you'd have to get to know me better than some girl on the street. And he's like, oh, I'd like to very much. And she says that she's not sure that such a man would have any idea how a girl should be treated. And he says, oh, like a princess. And she says, no, like a person with kindness and respect. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Oh, my God. She's like, you know, basic dignity, um, yeah. comfort, reassurance, security. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? <laughs> Ladies, a, a man, man will, will never, never <laughs> treat you with kindness and respect. Oh the sound God. waves in my recording just like <laughs> jumped. Yeah. So his witty response is, you're not like most girls, are you? And at this point in the movie, 
Christina has pinpointed the exact moment where Brandy stares him the fuck down. We're going to post this photo eventually, yeah. Absolutely. I just, I was watching, I happened to pause, like, at the exact right moment when she just shoots him this look. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? Is, Is this what you're fucking saying to me right now? It's perfect. It's a really great moment, and mm-hmm. he apologizes. Good boy. Good. <laughs> and then they bond over how, you know, they've both lived really sheltered lives in their own ways. Brandy, oh my God, I'm going to do this whole recording. <laughs> Cinderella, having stayed inside most of her life, not really gotten to experience the world, and Prince Christopher, very sheltered. His parents are always protecting him. They talk about following the same routine every day and how they want to run away and never come back. And then stepmother reprimands Cinderella for talking to strangers and Cinderella has to go rejoin her family. Before she does, the man says he hopes to see her again. Meanwhile, her stepmother is like, well, hurry up with those packages. What are you doing? Awful. They do sing a little refrain before they go. Just talking about how the most entrancing sight of all is yet for me to see E. (laughs) And the dearest love in all the world is waiting somewhere for me. So there's like a lot of tension. Ah! There's like a lot of stuff happening. You're like, where is this going? Uh, So back at the castle, it turns out that the man is actually Prince Christopher. And it turns out that he goes down into the town square in disguise so he can mm-hmm. feel normal. And that's when we meet his valet, Lionel, a.k.a. Jason Alexander. I love that man. <laughs> I love that man. I think he is so funny. <laughs> I just can't place what accent it is that he is doing. Oh, they mentioned it in the article. Let me find it real quick. It's like vaguely Italian. Okay, so in the article... It says he sports a peculiar Agador Spartacus accent. We click on Agador Spartacus and it's bringing me to a YouTube video. So I will not be able to play that at the moment. Oh, it's from the birdcage. Okay. I've seen the birdcage. The birdcage is about a gay man. I think it's played by Robin Williams, actually. And this like ruse that they have to put on, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess it's a reference to that movie or just similar to one of the characters' accents interesting he tells prince christopher that real people aren't all they're cracked up to be mm-hmm. they all wish to be like you and he reminds him of all of his blessings but christopher is like i have no agency or life of my own which as we have learned from prince harry the burden of royalty is very real so lionel begs him to you know stop going to town because it's you know forcing him to lie to his bosses aka the king and queen and Christopher's like, pish posh, and walks away. <laughs> and Lionel's like, if he wants to kill me, why does he not trample me with his carriage and get it over with? Oh, Jason Alexander. Oh, you. I would I would let him um, push me down a slide, you know? <laughs> I wouldn't let him throw me down some stairs. I think that would yeah, be weird. No. But I would like... a gentle push down a slide. I would let him push me on a swing. <laughs> I would let him seesaw with me. Yeah, I would share a seesaw with him. (laughs) Exactly. So cut to the king and queen. Oh, my God. Imagine Uh, your mom was Whoopi Goldberg and your dad. Your fucking dad was Victor Garber. I can't. I simply can't imagine. (laughs) I want to and I can't. I want it to be my reality and it's not my reality. Yeah. It's just too painful. (laughs) 
So he goes to see his parents, and the queen tells him that she is throwing him another ball. (gasps) Prince Christopher could not be more disappointed. He is not stoked. He tells her that, like, he doesn't want her to do this to, like, to coerce him into doing another ball where he's trying to be, like, set up and find a wife. And it's, like, all very forceful. And she is so taken aback by his aversion. She starts gasping and feels faint, and she's, like... King Victor Garber, <laughs> get my smelling salts. <laughs> and his dad, who is more down to earth, um, yes. kind of like the sensitive one who sees his point of view, tells him, it's all very simple. Like, all we want is for you to be happy. Yeah. But the queen pipes in, mm-hmm. says, it's not about happiness. It's about finding you a bride and having an heir. And Prince Christopher is like, can you please just let me choose my bride for myself Mm -hmm. because I want to be in love when I get married like you two were, which is very sweet. And the king says that they want that for him too. But the queen says there's no reason he can't fall in love at the ball. And Christopher's like, oh, you don't get it. You're not listening (laughs) to me. You don't get it, mom. (laughs) It's not a phase. So he (laughs) storms out and the queen summons Lionel and she's like, Please draft this proclamation for the prince announcing the ball. Yes. So Lionel goes into the village square and he gives this grand announcement. His Royal Highness Christopher Rupert Windermere Vladimir Carl Alexander Francois Reginald Lancelot Herman Gregory James is giving a ball. And it's a crazy. Yeah. Oh my god, you guys. It's an insane moment. People are freaking grasping their They're pearls. Their pearls. Yeah. yeah. And evil stepmother runs into the candy shop to tell her daughters, and they gush over getting married to the prince. Um, Lionel visits every small business in town yes. to make the preparations. Support local business, everybody. Mm-hmm. Shop small. And yes. it's an amazing dance number. The choreograph, the choreography um, is so. <laughs> the, the choreography is so fun. We got yeah. some guys trotting around carrying like chickens on these like yeah. um, big poles like over their shoulders. We get mm-hmm. Jason Alexander hopping up on a soapbox and doing a little dance. These women with textiles twirling around. It's just like the whole town is involved, and it's a really amazing number to watch. It's just fills you with that childlike joy when you see something that's so silly and wild. Yeah. And of course, there's some physical comedy with Lionel, just slapstick bits of him like almost getting hit, almost tripping. There's a comically gigantic cardboard cake that gets knocked around. I'm pretty sure somebody like carries it over their head at yeah. one point. Like it's insane. I'm like, that's not real. Yeah. So we go to Cinderella's house. Cinderella and her family are all going back into the cottage. They make her open the door for them and take their hats and gloves. Stepmother then asks if she's dusted the banister yet today. And Cinderella's like, no, because I was out with you. And she's like, oh my god, I can't believe I took you in after everyone said I should just turn you out on the street. Unbelievable. Oh my god, Jesus. So stepmother says that she's tired and she heads upstairs to go to bed. So do the daughters. And Cinderella calls up to her and she's like, stepmother, can I go to the ball too? 
And she digs right into Cinderella. She's like, "Mm, do you really think the prince would be into you? And Cinderella starts to talk about how if her father were alive, but her mom cuts her off and she's like, well, he's not. Now is he? And Cinderella is like, she is deterred, but she still believes in what she believes. And she's like, Mm -hmm. you know, he's alive in my heart. And then you hear the sisters call down. They're like, hot water, warm milk. Eh." So Cinderella goes into the kitchen and she starts singing an amazing song in my own little corner. This is a banger. Yeah. And she sings about how, you know, she always does what she's told, but there's one spot in the house that's hers. In my own little corner, in my own own little little chair, I can be whatever I want to be. Rogers and Hammerstein, don't sue me for singing that line. Please don't sue me. (laughs) Please don't sue me. Please don't sue. That was a different key. It doesn't hold a candle to any other rendition. Don't sue me. So she sings about like her fantasies, the adventure she wants to go on, like the people she wants to be. Mm -hmm. Just all of her dreams. About being an heiress, being like a confident hottie. I'm paraphrasing, but she does say like <laughs> someone that um, like a man would fall in love with and stuff. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I can do it all as long as I'm playing pretend in my chair. Then oh. she hears, I know, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's so sad. Heartbreaking to see an intelligent young woman full of life be yeah. fucking struck down by her evil stepmother. Horrible. So she hears her sisters call down again. They're like, hot water, warm milk. But Cinderella lingers in her own world. And Brandy is just delightful to watch. Yeah. It's like a glow on the screen. I really feel like I'm there playing pretend with her. Um, yeah. I feel the emotion behind her wants and her dreams. And I think that's why this movie is so relatable and like yeah. timeless because you feel connected to Brandy's character. Totally. She takes you on the journey with her. Mm-hmm. So she sits back in her chair and she gazes into the fire before she hears her stepsisters call out again. So then back at the castle, Christopher confronts his mom because she did not listen and is throwing this ball. He asks her to call it off, but she says it's too late. The king gets involved. They're all like about to start arguing when Lionel, who's just like chilling on a ladder, interjects and he's like, how about Christopher tends the ball, but if he doesn't find a bride and Christopher's like, I'm picking up what you're putting down, Mm -hmm. that's brilliant. If I don't find a bride tonight, then you have to let me fall in love on my own with no interference no matter how long it takes. And the queen begrudgingly agrees. Lionel um, makes a quip after Prince Christopher has walked out. He's like, don't worry, I feel it in my bones. He'll find someone tonight. And the queen is like, you'll feel it in your bones if he doesn't. And knocks that ladder, (laughs) fucking knocks him right off the ladder. He falls hard on the floor, on that probably marble floor. Yeah. Lionel, we would love to talk to you Mm -hmm. about joining a union. Yeah. Get you some workers' comp. Yeah. Clearly, this is a bad working environment. It's toxic. (laughs) It's abusive. So back at Cinderella's house, you know, all the women except for Cinderella are preparing for the ball. Stepmother is tightening Minerva's corset while she's talking about how if she had their opportunities, then like she might have married a prince and she wouldn't be in this situation right now. Mm -hmm. And she says that if she's done her job right, then they'll have no problem 
winning over the prince tonight. So she has the girls like give her a little taste of what they plan to do for the prince. So Minerva says she's going to start by fluttering her eyelashes and she's like blinking like 60 miles an hour. It's not looking good. Yeah. Yeah. Calive, he says that she'll start with a curtsy. And they're, like, trying to one-up each other with the curtsies. It just looks fucking awful. She then asks what they'll say to him. So Minerva says she'll recite a poem for him. And stepmother's like, we can't let on how clever we are. Men hate clever women. She's full of bad advice. Terrible. Yeah. I think she said something like, I know I've taught you well, so you'll have no problem, you know, getting this man to marry you. Yes. I'm like, if they're anything like you... He will stay far, far away. I don't even know how she got Cinderella's dad to marry her. Jesus. That's always the question I have when I see, yeah. like, an evil stepmother character. I'm like, what is making you believe that Sam's father yeah. would marry that woman? Yeah. I don't know. So we see Minerva start scratching herself, and Calliope is like, I'm going to enchant him with my infectious laughter. And her laugh is god-awful. It's Ugh, just like so grating. Oh nails my god. on a chalkboard. She's like, I'm gonna laugh at all the prince's jokes. And her mother is like, no matter what, you will not snore in front of that yeah. man. <laughs> That's the only like good advice that she gives. Yeah. She tells them not to show their flaws until after the wedding. Then Cinderella interrupts her shit show and says that a man should like a woman just as she is. They kind of come at her at first and they're like, what do you know about this? You don't know anything. And she's like, well, I know that if we were meant for each other, we'd know in an instant and he'd smile and kiss my hand. And her stepsisters are enthralled with this story. She kind of like weaves about what would happen if she met the prince and they fell in love. And stepmommy cuts them off and she's like, This isn't about love. It's about marriage. Have I taught you girls nothing? And then we head into a amazing song. Oh, it's so good. Falling in Love with Love. It is not from the original. It was Mm -hmm. actually put in for this version. It's amazing. We hear Bernadette Peters. She says that falling in love with love is falling for make-believe. Falling in love with love is playing the fool. (laughs) Bernadette is just simply perfection. Like, there's really no other way about it like she's incredible she sings about how she fell in love with love but love fell out of love with her and she primps her stepdaughters and they all get ready for the ball and they're all singing and dancing they then emerge from the house dressed to the nines Mm -hmm. they get into their horse-drawn carriage and head off leaving cinderella in the dust yes I would really recommend you go look up that song. Yes. Bernadette Peters kills it. Her stage yes. presence is amazing. The thing about musical theater, very much a genre that you either love or you hate it. But yeah. the nice thing is that when you sing a song in musical theater, you really get to interject, like inject, interject the character into the music. Mm-hmm. So when... Yeah. Bernadette Peters singing. She's like the stepmother singing, and it's like higher register, um, very pointed in the music. And it's like you just really get like a slice of personality of this woman. Totally. And I I like that they gave her this song because it actually does give a little bit of an explanation. Like she's evil because she's like bitter. She's scorned. Yeah. Yeah. Not just like she's evil because she is. Like there's a reason that she's this way. So once again, Cinderella is all alone in her own little corner. 
She's mm. trying to comfort herself. And she sings about what it would be like to be at the ball with the royal family and flirting with the prince. And she gets up her spoons and she pretends to fan herself and she's having this daydream and just wishing that she could go to the ball and she clasps her hands together and bends her head and she kind of just like maybe not a prayer but kind of like a little wish that yeah she could be there tonight and then who should appear glimmering shining beautiful stunning at the window it's the fairy godmother miss whitney houston and she says, oh, God, I can't believe I have to say this. Okay. Fadly roll, fiddly dee, fiddly fadly faddle. All the wishes in the world are poppy cock and twaddle. Whew, oh, my gosh. It. When she says it, it sounds amazing and, like, yes. powerful. And you're like, oh, yes. my God, who is this woman? When Jack Black says it, he sounds like a cartoon character. <laughs> and when I say it, I sound like a fucking nerd. So. <laughs> Um, Cinderella is absolutely shook. She's like, who are you? And she says, I'm your fairy godmother. And Cinderella's like, you? And fairy godmother's like, you got a problem with that? Because <laughs> if you'd rather have some old lady in a tutu sprinkle fairy dust on you. And Cinderella's like, no, 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 no. I'm so sorry. I just, I never dreamed that. Oh God, I have to say it again. <laughs> Fall do roll, fiddly dee, fiddly faddly foodle. All the dreamers in the world are dizzy in the noodle. Beautiful, amazing. Oh my god. Oh, I'm sweating. So <laughs> Cinderella <laughs> Fiddly D, fiddly faddly. You guys. I haven't acted professionally in a very long time. So <laughs> this is my first paid gig in a while. Please bear with me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So Cinderella asks why she shouldn't dream. Then the fairy godmother's like, Well, aren't you gonna invite me in? And she's like, of course. So Cinderella runs outside to let her in. But the fairy godmother just sparkles her way through the walls and is inside the kitchen. Yes. She flicks some magic on the fire and starts a really blazing fire to warm up the house. Mm -hmm. And Cinderella is just smitten. She's like, I'd always hoped someone would take me away from here. But fairy godmother says she has to do that herself. The music is in her soul. And once she finds it, no one can stop her. She also gives Cinderella some advice about her stepmother. She tells Cinderella that her stepmother can't handle how fabulous she is. True. Fairy godmother tells her some truths that Cinderella really needs yeah. to hear. You can do it. No one's stopping you. Like it's you have to persevere and like make this happen for yourself. You know, your stepmother is full of crap and you're amazing. Mm -hmm. And Cinderella is like, I promised my dad before he died that we would stay together as a family, but she's dreamed of leaving so many times. And fairy godmother enlightens her a little bit and tells her that's the problem with most people. They dream about what they want to do instead of really doing it. Truth, 100%. Yeah. And then, oh, here we freaking go. Oh, this Impossible. song is so gorgeous. It's just, you hear it and you're like, I could build a house. I could yeah. change my life. I could buy a zoo. <laughs> Thinking about that movie where that like husband buys a zoo. I'm like, I'd fucking that, kill that, him. That was what I, I was would kill referencing. my husband. <laughs> I would kill my husband if he bought a zoo. I'd fucking say, are you joking right now? Number one, zoos are inhumane. Number two, yeah. pay my student loans, bitch. Pay them off. Yeah. 
You got money for a zoo while you're around? You got zoo money? (laughs) There's zoo at home, okay. Mr. fucking, what's his name? Joe Exotic out here? This is some like gym helper, like buying a house behind your back type of bullshit. And I'm not here for it. An ugly house at that. No, I think it was like one of their parents' houses. Yeah, it was it was his parents' house. Yeah. Fucking non finishing art school, <laughs> Pam Beasley. Go off, roast. <laughs> side side ho. Um what's the paper company they make to compete with Dunder Mifflin? Oh, Michael Scott Paper Company. Fucking Michael Scott Paper Company <laughs> ass ho. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, so impossible is playing. <laughs> An amazing song. <laughs> you know, the main tagline of the song is that impossible things are happening oh. every day. They are. Impossible things are happening every day. We're in a pandemic, okay? Yes. We have another old white man in office, all right? Impossible. He was yeah. he has it's brain possible. damage. <laughs> and he was able to succumb. Persevere, rather. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, I really like this song. It makes me wish that I were a good singer because I love to just like sing the song. But maybe I'll have Phil sing it to me instead. I I'm definitely going to be singing it in the shower after this recording. I love that. But yeah, Cinderella talks about how she wishes to go to the ball, but that's impossible. And the fairy godmother says, "Go to the ball then. No one is stopping you. There's a door. It is open." But Cinderella tells her she doesn't have any way to get there. Fairy Godmother is like, watch me, and just <laughs> throws a fistful of magic at a pumpkin. At first, it really doesn't do anything, kind of just rattles, but she does it again, and the pumpkin turns into this big, beautiful carriage, and she turns some mice into horses and some other mice into carriage men. Then Fairy Godmother is like, hmm, am I missing anything? And she's like, sweetie. Don't make me do all the work. Spin around and creates this gorgeous light blue gown for Brandy and her hair is all done up. And I think she's wearing like a tiara or something, right? Yeah, she is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she has gorgeous blue eyeshadow on. Mm -hmm. She just looks stunning. And she, of course, puts on these glass slippers. Cinderella is just so grateful that she's had this enlightening, earth-shattering, defining life moment. And before she leaves, Fairy Godmother does tell her, no matter what, she just has to be back at midnight because all of this will end when the clock strikes midnight. So Cinderella gets into the carriage. She's on her way to the ball. She's singing Impossible once again. An amazing duet moment. Oh, Oh my gosh. She sings about how it's possible for a prince to fall in love with a country bumpkin, and she won't believe what sensible people say, and the fairy godmother is flying next to the coach, and they're singing together, and then she's in the coach with her, and the harmonies are beautiful, and they just, you can tell, it's so clear that they're so close in real life. Like, Yes, definitely. It's it's really beautiful to see a motherly, oh, like, definitely. mentor, mentee relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just imagine going to an amazing party, a gorgeous ball with Whitney Houston arm in arm, and you're singing a duet together. Yeah. I don't think I could feel more confident than that. 
No. And in that dress, that dress is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. I can't get over it. Seeing that dress made me want to like be Cinderella for Halloween. And I was like, mm-hmm. I would look like a ball. I would look like a <laughs> short little ball of fabric <laughs> if I wore a dress like that. But it looks amazing oh on gosh. her. Yeah. We cut to the ball. Christopher is bored out of his mind. He has like a glazed over expression. Man's suicidal. Yeah, he is not doing well. And he's dancing with all of these ladies. The costume design. Oh my God. There's pastels. There's turquoises. It's so beautiful. Yeah. There's a whole color scheme going on that really makes the mood. It sets the tone for what's about to happen. It's really dreamy. Yeah. I think the ball itself feels like a dream sequence. So Minerva and Calliope. Cataract. No. <laughs> Minerva and Calliope. Calliope? Calliope. You're joking. <laughs> Calliope. Calliope? <laughs> Calliope. <laughs> okay. Minerva and Calliope are waiting for their turn on this big staircase. It honestly looks like they're jam-packed. They're packed up like yeah. freaking sheep right now, waiting in a really long line. It's almost like a Justin Bieber concert or something. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I think that the queen did say that she invited like 400 women. How would you think? That's worse than The Bachelor. <laughs> That's worse than the first yeah. night cocktail party. Oh, my God. Matt James had like 37 women, and I was like, I'm already drowning. Yeah. Like I'm already emotionally drained. Yeah. So the queen says that she's sure he'll pick out one of these beautiful ladies for his wife tonight. And did you write, I want a chance at him? No, that Minerva screams that. Okay, okay. (laughs) Who knows? Yeah, so Minerva is screaming from the banister, you know, I want a chance with him. Stepmother thinks she's so clever. She goes up to Lionel and she starts a little flirt, flirt, a little persuasion. And she's, like, trying to get her daughters in front of the line. But Lionel does not find this woman attractive. Not at all. Yeah. She's like, I've always felt like there's something between us. And he's like, I would like something to be between us. I think, I think he's like a continent or something Oh, a continent, like that. a continent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So finally, it is Minerva's turn. She is dancing with Christopher, but she cannot stop scratching. And he, like, calls her out on it, which is, like, kind of rude. It is a little rude, but she's accosting him. It's true. Yeah, she then starts very aggressively reciting this poem to him, and she's, like, grabbing him, and he, you know, signals to have her taken away. Mm -hmm. Then it's Calliope's turn. She just, like, immediately starts laughing incessantly from the jump. She's snorting. She also has to be dragged off by Lionel. Christopher then has the musicians, like, speed up the music so he can get through as many women as possible. Yeah, they're dancing really quickly. He's, like, turning and flipping and swaying and da-da-da. Yeah, amazing choreo. Oh, yeah. Outside, Cinderella finally gets to the castle. As she is about to go in, her fairy godmother says she's on her own now. And tells her not to be afraid. It's a beautiful parting moment. 
Cinderella is really grateful, but fairy godmother has to let her go and make her own way. Inside, the girls are spinning and twirling and getting whipped around because the music has really, really quickened. Mm-hmm. But the lights dim, and there's a spotlight on Cinderella, and the prince <gasps> sees her, oh, and their eyes meet, and everything freezes. Both of them have their breath taken away, but yeah. he manages to say hello, and she curtsies, and he puts a finger under her chin and lifts up oh her face so that their eyes can meet again. And they dance around the room. They just embrace and they go. And they do this delightful, like, waltz. Yeah. I would assume. And the king and queen see them dancing together. The king is like, who is she? And the queen calls her stunning. And the king is like, if Mm. I were a young man. And she's like, Mm. you want to finish that sentence? What would you like to say? And he's like, Mm -hmm. I would be younger, wouldn't I? That's right. Victor Garber. (laughs) Keep it in your your fucking mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) So Christopher tells Cinderella that he has this feeling that he's met her before, maybe at the lake or at the lodge. And she's like, no, I don't think so. Maybe in my little chair? In my little corner? Yeah. In my own little corner, in my own little chair, maybe. (laughs) So (laughs) he calls her beautiful and... She's like, oh my gosh, everybody's staring at us. And he's like, really? I didn't notice that anyone else was here but you. Oh, oh, oh my God. My Lord. These sweet talking men in these movies sometimes it makes me wish that I was like, <laughs> this does not make any sense. And I'm going to say that right now before I continue. I wish I was like a Southern belle or something. And I was like, that makes sense. I, yeah. thing, like, and then the, just this well, cowboy sweeps me off my feet, wearing the same boots yeah. that um, Sam was wearing in Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. And the hat that Lola and her dad were wearing in Confessions <laughs> of a Teenage Drama Queen. Uh, yeah. I if, See, if like a man said this to me in real life, I'd probably be like, fuck off. Absolutely not. But Christopher can pull it off. And if I was in Cinderella's situation, I would be swooning I would be crestfallen. Mm -hmm. I would be in love immediately. Who doesn't like sweet things being said to them? It's just nice to be thought of as special and unique and to hear those words. And I think that a lot of people could take that note. What's uh, is is words of affirmation your love language? I don't – I've never, like, taken that test. If you had to guess – it's words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, acts of service, gift giving and receiving. Interesting. I really like physical touch, but I feel like that's more of what I like to do as opposed to necessarily like receive. I think that quality time is like the biggest yeah. one for me. Definitely quality time because, yeah. I'm just thinking about all the times I've been like emotionally traumatized when my long distance boyfriend leaves after we've been spending time together. Yeah. And I'm like, don't fucking go. How fucking dare you leave me? <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, mine is definitely acts of service. Mm-hmm. Those are nice. That's like a good feeling. Yeah. To have someone go out of their way to do something for you is a really yeah. fulfilling feeling. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, you want to do something to help make my life easier and take something off my plate? How amazing. When's the wedding? Um, <laughs> but during COVID, since I can't do that, really, 
all of that has just been channeled into gift giving because it's like the only thing I can do. So I've just been sending out presents. I know all you're the like time. a little Mrs. Claus. <laughs> yeah, it's very fun. I do enjoy it. And I do think that gift giving and receiving gets like kind of a bad rep because people are like, oh, it's materialistic, but it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean like you're buying things. It could be like a card or something. It's just like a token mm-hmm. of whatever meaning it, it holds. It could be anything. So, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, back to the movie. We're in the ball. They're dancing. And this is when Christopher starts singing this amazing song called <gasps> 10 Minutes Ago. Oh, my God. My heart is melting right now. Yeah. It's all about how 10 minutes ago he met her. And now his heart is soaring. Everything has changed within these past 10 minutes. They dance around the ballroom. It's this beautiful, like, circular, like, swinging shot. Mm-hmm. It's so stunning. He sings, I have found her. She's an angel with the dust of stars in her eyes. Oh. Man, just line after line after line. So we see like the camera kind of pans out. We see like an overview of the ballroom. And it's really hard to explain just how stunning mm-hmm. this scene is. And there are a few scenes that I get this very particular feeling in. But it reminds me a lot of how I feel when I watch Ice Dance in Edward Scissorhands. When he's carving the ice sculpture and she's twirling around, I get a very similar, like, full body feeling when watching this scene. Mm -hmm. You just see, like, the gorgeous color palette of the costumes, the purple hues, like, as they turn and they catch the light, there's, like, turquoise. It's Yes, the way the light reflects off of the dresses um, and just, like, the lighting scheme in general. We talked about this a little before, but the way that the set is um, and the choreography itself, it's really just, like... Mm -hmm a filmed Broadway play with an amazing budget because the set doesn't look realistic. It's very fantastical, like magical fairy tale. And the grandiose ballroom with all of these couples dancing and doing this beautiful ballroom dance, but it's like modernized and there's all these twists and turns and you can see the different colors of tulle on their skirts as they get spun around just yeah so pleasing it's stunning as this is all happening the prince and cinderella make their way outside to the garden and they continue dancing by the fountain stepsisters are hiding in a hedge Ugh. salty <laughs> as hell and they're like watching them sing and dance and they start this song which is so fun <laughs> they're like why would a fellow want a girl like her, a girl like her? Yeah. And if I were auditioning yeah. for something where I was forced to sing, I would definitely sing that song because it's more of like a talk oh, yeah. sing song. I actually think that would be a very fun audition song, especially if you were doing like a character role. Like that would be a very fun song to do. Definitely. I think this song really gives them a chance to shine. And although mm-hmm. they don't really have much depth, like they do pretty much for the most part play the evil sister role really well. Um, they do have like a couple moments where they vibe with Cinderella and they listen to her fantasies yeah. and they really love them. But this song just gives them an opportunity to show their just evil nature and like yeah. very good. Yeah, I think that they have a really fun dynamic, those two actors. Like their chemistry is really great. Oh, yeah. Um, and their timing. Yeah, it's, it was, it's really fun to watch. So Christopher and Cinderella then go back inside to dance again, and the stepmother forces Lionel to dance with her so she can, like, get a better glimpse at this mystery girl. Cinderella then ends up dancing with the king, and he's like, oh, 
Clearly my son is very smitten with you. It's almost as if you appeared here by magic. And the queen then asked Cinderella to introduce them to her family. And Cinderella obviously can't explain. So she ends up just like running off. And Christopher runs after her. So after Cinderella runs off, she gets a pep talk with Fairy Godmother, who assures her that she has the right to be there. And that people are saying she is the most beautiful girl at the ball. People are saying this. Yeah, everyone's saying it. Cinderella collects herself, and Christopher does catch up with her, and he apologizes for whatever his parents said, but Cinderella assures him that they were lovely, and I'm like, you're a class act. Yeah. And he's like, I'd love to meet your family, but she says she doesn't really want him to, and that they did not want her to come here tonight. And he's like, I almost didn't come myself. I felt like I was a prize to be won. Feels like a piece of meat right now. He's being auctioned (laughs) off. So then they talk about, you know, the girl that he's going to spend his life with. And Cinderella is like, well, she has to be exciting but sweet and your devoted servant. And he's like, I don't need a servant. I have plenty. I need someone (laughs) to talk to. (laughs) And he, you know, starts to talk about his wishes. Cinderella says, like, the fairy godmother's quote about people who wish things but don't actually do them. Mm -hmm. And he then gets down on one knee. And asks if she thinks it's possible to meet someone and instantly know that they're the one. And she's like, yes, I do. (laughs) So he talks about how when he's with her, he feels like he can actually be his real self. And she's like, I know what you mean. And then he just kind of starts like babbling on and he's like, I can't explain it. Like, There's something about you. Oh, my God. I don't know what I'm saying. He's like, I've never felt less like myself, but more like myself. Oh, my God. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I'm so shy. (laughs) I'm so random. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, of course, he has to break into song to explain his feelings. And he sings, do I love you because you're beautiful or are you beautiful? Because I love you. (gasps) And he just serenades her and talks about how much he loves her, but he's also weary. He doesn't want to be distracted Mm -hmm. by love and not actually be in love. So they sing about whether it's too good to be true or not. And if things are what they seem to be, but they are both clearly in love and both very into each other. Vocal vocally off the charts i love it i love Mm -hmm. it he says he's always dreamed of this and he doesn't want the night to end and he kisses her on the cheek yeah it's a very beautiful kiss on the cheek y'all cheek kisses underrated underrated everyone's always talking about the forehead kiss oh the cheek kiss gets no love you (laughs) i mean i do love the forehead the forehead kiss do be hitting i'm like it do be oh my god i'm like I don't know how to fucking sing. <laughs> In my head, I was like, oh, my God, I'm like your little doll. But I don't think that's a really good analogy. So I just didn't say anything. And I just covered your mouth. I just, <laughs> I just censored myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The forehead kiss is great. The cheek kiss does have its place, though. Oh, definitely. I always, when I was younger, dreamed about being an adult so that I could – you know, greet my friends and like kiss them on the cheek. I'm like, that is we like we should just start doing that. The pinnacle. It's so <laughs> European. I mean, I would always like kiss my family members on the cheek, like it's 
traditional for like yeah. Puerto Rican family members to like kiss yeah. on the cheek. It's always what I was like taught. But yeah, the kiss on the cheek, brother. You could be yeah. friends, you could be lovers, you could be family. The most I think the most versatile of the various kisses, because nobody kisses the hand anymore. Mm-mm. The forehead kiss is a skosh more intimate. Definitely. The cheek kiss, safe for everyone. I mean, not in this pandemic, but, you know. Eventually. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> so we then hear this lyric, which I think is my favorite lyric in the song, which is, are you the sweet invention of a lover's dream? Or are you really as wonderful as you seem? And they kiss on the lips. Oh, and Bridgerton, you could never. You could never. You you must be married immediately. The promenade? Oh, my God. <sighs> so... They're having this beautiful kiss, this beautiful embrace. But the clock strikes midnight. No. <sighs> the bell tolls and Cinderella runs away. Her clothes start to transform back into her old rags. Mm-hmm. And the prince tries to catch up with her. But by the time he makes it to the front of the castle, she's gone. But the prince looks down and sees her single glass slipper. And we have a little reprise of the song. We have that beautiful split screen moment a la Summer Nights in Greece. Yes. And they're singing about each other and how much they love each other. I do have a technical question that I always think about when I watch Cinderella. Mm-hmm. So it's midnight. All of her clothes disappear. Everything like turns back to normal, right? How is the glass slipper stay intact? It's just that little extra bit of magic. <laughs> Little teeny weeny itsy bitsy <laughs> extra piece of magic. The fairy godmother was like, I'll leave a little loophole for yeah. this one shoe. Just a taste. So after the ball, the girls drive back home and they say it was perfect. It was like a dream. And they each say that they spent an hour with him. Okay. Um, so lying through their teeth. And Cinderella asks if they knew everyone at the ball. And stepmother's like, Yes, except for one girl. I didn't catch her name, but she like wasn't important. I'm like, okay, sis. <laughs> and stepmom asks Cinderella what she's been doing all night. And Cinderella's like, well, I've been dreaming what it would be like if I were at the ball. And stepmommy is like, well, you can't imagine unless you've been there. I do love that Cinderella's like, oh, like. She's so coy. Did you know everyone? Like, oh, that girl. Did it seem like the prince liked her? Like, was she pretty? <laughs> oh, did you think she was cute? Yeah, do you think that he's, like, going to propose to her? I don't know. I'm just, like, wondering. Um, so then Cinderella starts singing A Lovely Night. It's basically, like, a her describing her evening, but only in hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. She's like, if I were there. Yeah, if I were there, I would have descended down the grand staircase, and I would have been frozen by the sight of the prince. And she paints this whole picture, and the stepsisters join in in the song, like, thinking about this perfect, lovely night at the ball. Mm -hmm. It all, like, gets very extravagant as she's, like, painting this picture. And I do think, actually, that the stepsisters probably would actually like Cinderella if it wasn't for their mom. They kind of, like, forget to hate her sometimes until the mom is like, Yeah, exactly. This woman is poisonous. So as they're all singing together, even stepmother joins in. She sees Cinderella, like, curtsy. And realizes that it was her at the ball. 
So she puts a stop to this immediately and sends her daughters up to bed and tells Cinderella that the thought of her dancing with the prince is preposterous. Awful. Yeah. She goes on to say, because you're common. Your mother was common and so are you. You can wash your face and put on a clean dress, but you'll still be common. A prince would never consider taking you for his bride. Why? It's laughable. Oh, God. Yeah, and that is not the end of it either. No. She also tells Cinderella that her father was weak, that he spoiled her rotten and filled her head with silly thoughts and dreams that will never come true. And she tells her to clean this place up. It's a fucking sty. I hate her. Mm -hmm. I hate her. I hate her. So awful. So Cinderella walks outside in tears. She looks up to the sky to speak to her dad. And she tells him that after tonight, she just can't stay here anymore, even though she promised him she would. Because she found out tonight that she deserves to be loved. And that's all that really matters. Oh. Yes, you do. You do deserve to be loved. Mm -hmm. I like that moment so much because yeah. before this, she would have felt broken down and like she never deserved anything. But because she got a glimpse of what she deserves and the person that she could be, she's like, actually, this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah. She sings about how she'll always remember her lovely night with the prince. And the fairy godmother appears, and she says if she really feels that way, then she should tell the prince. And she says, believe in yourself and trust him to love you as you really are. Yeah. Back at the castle, Christopher is staring at the glass slipper. The queen tries to get him to eat, to sleep, but he can't do anything until he's found her again. And the king says they've been searching everywhere, but there's really no trace of her. And the queen is like, there were plenty of other eligible bachelorettes. Like, there were so many girls. And Christopher is like, no, she's not like the other girls. <laughs> He's giving me a lot of, like, Lucas Scott energy right now. Just, oh, like, no. Fucking brooding. Don't put that on him. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. He, uh, that man drives me insane. Yeah. So his mom asks how he can know so deeply that he loves this girl after only spending one night with her. And she does a little reprise of Do I Love You, reminiscing about how, is he really in love? Or is he in love with, like... With love. The yes, the idea. Yeah. And Christopher says that all his life he's been searching, and he finally found what he's been looking for in her. And the king is like, well, then you must not give up. Oh, he's such a romantic... I know. So Lionel then reports back. He's like, no news. We can't find her. And Christopher is like, well, I am not giving up. And we're going to find her with this glass slipper. And Lionel is kind of like, you sure about this? And the queen is like, do as he says. And we hear the prince sing the beautiful line from the song at the beginning, which the name escapes me. But he sings, and the dearest love in all the world is waiting somewhere for me. Mm. He is a man on a mission. Lionel yes. and Christopher visit every house in the kingdom. Somehow, the shoe doesn't fit a single soul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We see all these colorful tights as they go on trying the shoe around the town. We see stripes. We see florals. Da-da-da. Blah-blah-blah. Someone's getting toe fungus from the shoe. But I digress. Yeah. So they finally get to Cinderella's house. Calliope tries it on. Her big-ass clown feet do not fit in there. Brutal. Minerva. 
Minerva tries it on. Her feet are too wide. Doesn't fit either. She's like trying to strangle Lionel. She's like, yo, shrunk it. And then the stepmother secretly locks the kitchen door because she knows that Cinderella is inside. So Lionel asks if there are any other women in the house. And the stepmother is like, "Uh, yes, me. And he's like, young women. (laughs) She's like, how young? And he's like, younger than you. (laughs) Little young me. So the stepmother puts the shoe on and it actually does fit onto her foot. But it's like way too tight and cutting off her circulation. So it takes the three of them to like yank it off of her. Mm Mm-hmm. Christopher is bummed that he hasn't found the foot that fits the slipper. And this is the last Mm. house. So he makes one final plea and he's like, are you sure there isn't anyone else here? And the three of them hobble on over to hide the kitchen door. And they're like, nope, no one. And he's like, then what are you hiding behind your back? Yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, you're so silly. And Lionel insists that she unlock the door. Begrudgingly, stepmommy gives Lionel the key. He opens the door and Christopher walks in to find nothing. It's empty. And as he leaves, the stepmother begs him to marry one of her daughters. It's really quite pathetic. Christopher commands them to stop. He goes out to leave the house. It's game over. But just as he exits, what does he see? But Cinderella dropping her packages and jumping back from the royal horse. Dun, dun, dun. And we have a little meet cute repeat. And he says, just like those royals, isn't it? Not caring if they're in anybody's way. And she fires back the same lines. Oh, it's so cute. Lionel then hands him the slipper. Cinderella tries it on. Of course, it's a perfect fit. They smile at each other, and they kiss and have this beautiful embrace. The fairy godmother glimmers in once again. She sings. She changes Cinderella's rags into a wedding dress. And they're off. (laughs) Yes. I I don't know if there's any time lapse, but it doesn't look like there is. No. (laughs) They are in a carriage, and they're off to the wedding ceremony Prince Christopher, Cinderella, kiss. They ride around the village, just waving to everyone who is wearing white for their wedding and just super happy for them as they drive on up to the palace. They get to the palace and walk up the staircase where there's some type of like minister um, person there to officiate the wedding. Mm. His parents are standing on the staircase waiting and stepmommy and the sisters try to get in and they shake the gates but they aren't allowed here cinderella is finally happy she's finally found the love that she's been looking for yeah their wedding is officiated as the king and queen and their guests look on and the fairy godmother sings the final beautiful notes of there's music in you and that's the end of the movie impossible it's possible uh it's so so delightful like if you are in a bad mood Mm -hmm. even if you don't want to like sit down and watch something you just want something in the background like it just fills you with so much joy i feel like the normal way you watch cinderella is to see her fall in love with the prince and get taken away but in this movie 
you get to enjoy her showing the light of her soul, um, expressing herself through music, and join her for those moments as well as the high of falling in love. And one thing that I really appreciate about this movie is because it is it's a remake, you know, it's a live action remake, which Disney has been doing a lot of. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the reasons that the live action remakes nobody really likes them is because they don't change anything. Mm -hmm. They don't like spice it up. They don't add anything to it. It's just kind of like different types of special effects. Yeah. And, like, real people. It doesn't feel And the music is, like, not as good. Yeah. So I like that they put their own spin on this. I liked just the performances were so solid across the board. The chemistry between everyone. Like, it felt like a company. I felt like I was, you know, going to a Broadway show. Mm -hmm. It made me miss theater, like, a lot. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, the music is so – I hate to say the word beautiful over and over again because I just don't want to sound redundant, Mm -hmm. but – it is really gorgeous. Um, the voices are so adept and like graceful. Everyone's singing performance is so strong. You get that like coy, meek motif from the songs that Brandy sings because she's like this shy girl trying to find her way. And you get those like bold, grandiose moments from Whitney Houston's songs mm-hmm. and the music just sweeps you off your feet. Like when I was writing my notes and everything, I would have to like just stop to enjoy Mm. the songs. And the songs really work in with the story. It doesn't feel out of place. Like they just needed a a musical break. It just weaves through perfectly. Like you're nicely carried throughout the entire movie. It makes me really want to watch the Julie Andrews one, which is the like original Mm -hmm. um, from I think 57. Yeah, I'm curious to see, like, past iterations, because I think this is the third iteration of the Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella. Yeah, I just, I really enjoyed it. I watched it once just to, like, experience it for the first time, and then the second time to take notes, and I'm probably going to watch it, like, again very soon. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of what, like, um, they tried to do with Rocky Horror when they had Victoria Justice star in it, and it was bad, and I'm like... This is good. Like the TV yeah. movie event. God, they don't even have these anymore. I feel like I haven't seen one in so long. Yeah. I just think it was a really beautiful showing. It's hard to see a show that is such a classic story remade and then for all the components to fit together perfectly. Yeah. Shall we rate it? I don't know what I want to rate this one because I know I really like it. I don't want to be given out tens to literally every movie i know right (laughs) so i want to be a little critical um Mm -hmm. it's hard because i don't because i don't have like the nostalgia factor and it hasn't been like a part of my life as long as most of the movies that we do so i i that's one of the reasons that i won't be putting it in the 10 category um i think if i'd grown up with it i probably would have felt different Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna give it 8.9 8.9 word because i would give annie the music the like disney tv movie musical mm-hmm. which is like one of my favorites that i would give a nine and this is like just a little bit below that because of the nostalgia factor i get what you're saying yeah i'm gonna go with a nine 
I don't know what it is. I, I really love this movie, and I remember watching it as, like, a little girl. Um, I love Whoopi Goldberg. I remember seeing her in the movie uh, – what's it called with all the nuns? The Sister Act. Oh, Sister Act? Yeah. Yeah. My mom loves Sister Act. She's, mm-hmm. like, obsessed with it. Yeah. I just think the story is really beautiful, and I love the chemistry between the two leads and uh, – the thought of the theme of dreaming and like yeah wanting these things and then the fairy godmother being like you can like you can have these things i will mm-hmm. help you but at the end it is your decision oh, i love this movie it's just it hits it hits it does well i hope you guys had as great of a time as we did oh, we had a reliving this yeah. movie yeah go watch it on disney plus Yes, absolutely. Streaming now. Mm-hmm. We just want to say thank you to all of our listeners that have been here from the beginning and our new listeners. We're happy to have you aboard. I feel like we're having a great a great moment in the pod right now. Yeah, I feel really good about it. We're just so excited to have people listen and to enjoy things that we enjoy and kind of feel mm-hmm. like you're hanging out with people at a time where you can't really see everyone you love. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, so if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Mm -hmm. If you leave us a little written review on Apple Podcasts, we will give you a shout-out in our next episode where we choose a song to play in the 2000s movie montage of your life. Mm -hmm. So you're definitely going to want to do that. Yeah, check out our socials. Check out our TikTok Mm -hmm. at Movies That Raised Us Pod. Check out our Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. Our Twitter is mtru underscore pod. Yeah. And you can email us at movies that raised us at gmail.com. Oh, the emails are fun, guys. Email us. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a love line episode. Ooh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we will see you next week for another movie. Have a great night, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to Movies That Raised Us. We are Mo and Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.